Kansas City Royals have 10% of their wins this year against the Cleveland Guardians. That can only mean one thing. The Guardians are attempting to tank the Kansas City Royals' hopes at winning the 2024 draft lottery. I got nothing else. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Justin Latta. Jeff Ellis is on vacation, and thank God for him. He didn't have to watch another frustrating loss. Good for Jeff. Uh, thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen every day, though. We are always thankful you're here through thick and thin, no matter how frustrating this team has been. A uh, 100-game mark hit on Monday night in the loss. 51 times, the game has ended in total frustration. So why wouldn't game 100 be any different. I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Offensive approach, a problem once again for the Guardians. This is the you know two out of three of Ryan Yarbrough's uh, two out of the last three starts made by Ryan Yarbrough come against the Guardians. He's got uh, 12 innings pitched in those two outings and exactly two runs allowed against the Guardians. He has turned himself into the modern-day Jamie Moyer against Cleveland, so probably should have seen that coming in. Guardians worked one walk off of Ryan – I'm sorry, it wasn't even Ryan Yarbrough. It was off of Jose Quas, uh, who they also got two runs off of the Miles Straw RBI single, of all things. So once again, a very aggressive approach. I think I saw, I heard on the broadcast, they had like 14 0-2 counts tonight. So they were behind in every account, in every count for the most part. Yarbrough got ahead. He threw strikes, scattered six hits. The Guardians had 10 hits overall. The Guardians out hit the Royals, which, you know, makes this frustrating because guess what happened? The Royals hit a couple of home runs. The Guardians didn't get the big hit. And that's what happens when your team doesn't have any punch in the lineup. And when Jose Ramirez is over his last nine at the very least, I'm not sure. He, I, I can't recall exactly what he did in his final at bat Saturday. I think that was the pop-up Saturday. So at least he had a hit there, but uh wasn't good Saturday. Wasn't good Sunday and wasn't good Monday. Not a lot of times you're going to win games. And Jose Ramirez looks like that. Unfortunately, Quan 0 for five Naylor one for four tonight. Ahmed <laughs> Rosario, not the problem. Look, I'm, I shouldn't be picking this bone, but I'm going to pick it anyway because uh, I have I have no filter here being on my own. Uh, we, we've talked about frustrations with a lot of players on this show this year. It's been a very frustrating year. We've talked about frustrations with Shane Bieber when he struggled and uh, when they when Tito shouldn't let him go three times through the order, when his velocity's been down, when he's not missing bats. We talked about how his, his uh, trajectory is heading downwards, and we're going to talk about Shane Bieber later in the episode with the uh, roster news coming up today, which really shouldn't be surprised if you're paying attention. We've talked about Miles Straw, who also wasn't the problem on Monday night. We've talked about Mike Zanino, who's now gone, who was a problem. We have talked about a lot of different kinds of players. And yes, Ahmed Rosario is one of them. If you are going to point out that we are talking about one specific player uh, who has struggled this year because of the color of their skin, uh, I'm not going to be happy. That is not anything we do here, and you need to. I, I really suggest if you think that's true, 
to go back and listen to more episodes and, and come with a more reasoned take because that is an inaccurate picture to paint and a, and a nasty accusation to make. Um, and I'll say it tonight, that Rosario wasn't the problem. It's going to look like I'm responding to that comment specifically, but guess what? He wasn't the problem. He had two two doubles, three hits. He's got 12 three-hit games this year. If you want to, you know, pour sand on, on Ahmed Rosario or or uh, suggest anything, you want to nitpick his performance here, it's that, yeah, he's got 12 three-hit games, and then he goes 0 for 12 in the next four games, something like that. My problem with Ahmed Rosario isn't, isn't his offense. It's his streakiness, but it's also where he hits in the lineup, which is out of his control. It's his glove that's out of his – that's, you know, a problem. But – you know, no no factor again on Monday night as this team that the twins, by the way, came back to beat the Mariners uh four to three on Monday. So the Guardians fall four back. We'll talk about that as we're gonna talk about the trading deadline a little bit as I saw some things pop up today I wanted wanted to discuss. But we discuss all problems on this team. You've got fifty-one problems and they're all losses, and they're all not by one person. So uh please don't single me out or Jeff out for one person who we complain about on this up on this show. Um, very unfair accusation to make. And I, I, I highly suggest you go listen to other episodes and listen very closely so you can understand the full context. Uh, the Guardians, again, over, over aggressive at the plate. Again, one walk. They had 10 hits. In theory, maybe you should have won that game. I mean, they had plenty of hard hit balls off of Ryan Yarbo. They had a couple of hard hit balls against Jose Guas. They had, you know, a good approach against Scott Burrow. They had chances, even though Andres met his ball. Wasn't exactly stung at the end of the game. Uh, Miles Straw did hit the ball hard in the ninth inning. Will Brennan didn't hurt the ball hard in the ninth inning. They didn't come up with the big hit, and that's what we've talked about all season. This team doesn't get the big hit because they don't have any punch in the order. And I know everyone's going to want to say, talk about how, you know, Miles Straw back in the ninth inning. I'm going to get to that in the next segment as well other uh, lineup decisions. I think we can really just start a segment every day of this team that looks like what is what is today's odd decision. But they just were overexploited once again, having an aggressive approach, just putting the ball in play. And like I said, 10 hits is fine, but you got to be better than that. You have to find opportunities to drive the ball, and that's what this team is really lacking. They, you know, Ahmed had to hit the ball hard twice, three times, really. David Fry got unlucky. He had a ball that was – Line to third base that was caught, and he worked a walk later in the game. David Fry, nothing, nothing bad to say about David Fry. He caught today, not his fault that you know he's taking playing time away from other guys in the roster, but he's earning at bats regardless of what decisions are being made that are not his decisions anyway. Uh, but this team finally, maybe you know, finding a direction. They they just don't get the big hit. I know Chris Anthony says the team's looking for a complimentary bat. I don't know what complimentary bat comes through for the Guardians on Monday night to tell you the truth. I mean, you can't have Jose Ramirez going over his last nine in games. You got to win. You don't, you can't have Josh Taylor going one for four uh, and, and over five yesterday. So he's over at one for his last nine. You can't have that. You know, Josh Bell had a hit. Andre Semenis has been as streaky as anybody this year. Every time it looks like he shows a sign of life, uh, it, he struggles. Will Brennan, you know, a lot of, a lot of weak ground outs to first base or third base, he did have the big double, but he has lacked consistency. And I love Will Brennan, but he swings everything too. This team just does not have a patient approach. And I don't know if having a patient approach really works with Ryan Yarbrough. So maybe it was just a bad matchup because the guy was throwing a lot of strikes. But, you know, I remember the 
the Indians, I forget who their hitting coach was, but it was like the approach was uh, go up there, take the first pitch, and then maybe the second one you foul it off. You're down 0-2, and you're headed back to the dugout so fast. I don't I don't know what it is with this team. Quan sees a lot of pitches. He had an off night tonight. He had a great Philly series. I can't really, you know, complain about Stephen Quan too much. And we really shouldn't complain about Miles Straw too much. He had two for four with, with you know, a two-run single, even if it wasn't uh, – you know, didn't hit a, have a hard hit ball in any of those. The one hard hit ball he had went for an out. Um, I, I don't know how many more ways we can slice 51 losses in 100 games when the punchline really is that they just have no punch. That's that's really what it is. Uh, Mike Petriello had an interesting tweet today, too, about the Guardians, that their offense is just generally the same as it was a year ago. In 2022, they had a 129 ISO, which is slugging percentage minus average, and it kind of takes your your isolated power. Uh, into effect, like how much power are you hitting for? They had a walk rate of 7%. They had a strikeout rate of 18%. An average on balls in play of 294. This year, 8% walk rate, 19% strikeout rate, 130 ISO, which is below average, 296 average on balls in play. They are literally the same team as they were a year ago. 304 Woba this year, weighted on base average, 306 a year ago. Same exact slugging percentage as a year ago, 383. Same batting average. Everything in the offense is the same. What has changed um, are things that, you know, you probably notice on a night-to-night basis. Um, I'll share some of the things that have changed uh, from a year ago to why the Guardians are not playing as well as they were a year ago and why they are more frustrating in just a moment. Well, the Guardians packed 108,000 into Progressive Field over the weekend. Chances are they will not be packing that many into Progressive Field as they wrap up this series with the Kansas City Royals. But if you find yourself wanting to go to any concerts, comedy shows, any playoff games maybe coming up, maybe you want to go to the the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Uh, Game Time has flash deals and last-minute tickets. You don't have to plan months in advance. You can get flash deals on all the events right before the game and with the Game Time Guarantee. You will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And you can get images of your seats before you go so you know exactly what to expect. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDINMLB. And you're also going to enjoy $20 off your first purchase when you're going to buy those tickets for that event you want to go to so bad but are afraid tickets are sold out. So $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Guardians and Royals will do it again at 710 on Tuesday night. You can catch all of the hometown call with Jim Rosenhaus and Tom Hamilton on SiriusXM if you want to listen. Just search Guardians on your Sirius XM app. All right, so where the Guardians uh, have changed from last year in terms of why they're struggling. Uh, we've talked about a lot on the show that base running is an issue for this team, which base running was how this team created havoc, how they frustrated teams on a nightly basis. Now they're just frustrating their fans and themselves. Uh, last year, Fangraph's base running score, which kind of calculates your ability to take extra bases and kind of add value that way. 13.2, one of the best in the league last year. This year, 1.8. Calculate steals, taking extra bases, tagging up, going from first to third on singles. Those are the things that that metric qualifies. 
uh, quantifies, I should say. And they're at a 1.8 this year. They were 13.2 a year ago. Outs above average. That is the StatCast defensive statistic that takes into account range and um, you know run-saving opportunities, things like that. 23 a year ago, this year three. And some of that is attributed to Miles Straw. And there was an article on Fangraphs a while we talked about that said, you know, that he hasn't had as many game-saving, impact-saving uh, defensive catches or opportunities coming his way this year, and that's true. Um, so some of that's going to factor in as well. That he just hasn't had as many opportunities to make a game-altering catch as he did a year ago. Um, but regardless, the stats are bad, and and then you've got obviously the shortstop, who I guess I'm not allowed to talk about on here. Defense is bad there. Catcher defense is a serious problem for them, no matter who has been back there. Jose Ramirez made an error on Monday night. I want to, you know, not really, that was a weird play. The ball hit him in the heel of the, and the, the wrist of the glove. It kind of popped up on him. That's hard to blame him too much, but you know, even he hasn't had the best year defensively at third base and obviously a, a bad two days for Jose. Uh, the pitching staff, 388 ERA last year, 347 this year, uh, 409 FIP last year, 375. So literally, it's the defense, the base running, the pitching, things that this team won by last year. It's the same exact offense, which it really is. It's the same exact offense, and Josh Naylor is better this year. Jose Ramirez is, is fully healthy this year, and even though he struggled the last couple of days. He's fully healthy. He's been good. Uh, Stephen Kwan's been a little, little up and down. Uh, Will Brennan, I don't know, that having Josh Bell, I think, even though Josh Bell struggled in the first half, I'm still going to say he's an upgrade over what Owen Miller did after April. Owen Miller had a great April and then fell apart. So I'll still say Josh Bell was an upgrade there, and he's still he's on on a better trend recently. So it, there, the offense should be better, but it's the same offense as a year ago. It's the it's the base running, it's the defense, it's the pitching. That's how team this team won a lot of games and they scored two, three, four runs. This year they can't do that for some reason. Um, it's just it's just really frustrating. And like I said, they're four games back in the AL Central now because of the Twins' win on Monday night. Maybe they're finally heading in the right direction. Okay, today's head scratchers. Like I said, this this can be its own segment every day now, to be honest with you, the way the season's gone. Today's head scratchers. Uh, no, there's no reason that you could, I complain too much. I mean, look, Bo Naylor has played one of the last, what, four games, I think, now because they face lefties and then he didn't play Sunday because he played Saturday. So it was a day game after a night game, which I get, I get that. And then David Fry pit played today against a lefty and he had a hard hit ball that went for an out and he had a walk. So we had two productive at bats out of three. I'll, I'll take that or out of four, I should say four plate appearances. I'll take that. That's not David Fry's fault. I think David Fry actually belongs in this lineup right now with the way the offense and, and look, the offense actually isn't bad right now. They were a top 10 offense in the month of June. In the month of July, they are also a top, they're okay, they're a top 13 offense. I'm sorry, they're 13th overall. So they're middle of the pack this month. They were a top 10 offense in July, and they are a, top, they are a middle of the pack offense now. But as I just said, except for the, the base running component of things on offense, they're okay. They're getting by with league average. The pitching and the defense is, is really hurting them, and they're building not to take extra bases. So David Fry needs to be in the lineup until he's not helping the team offensively and you'll live with the defensive results as long as you replace him late in the game, which they didn't tonight because they needed the offense. And, you know, we all laughed at, at, at Tito and, and whoever else 
when Josh Naylor played against lefties because forever it was uh, Josh Naylor can't hit lefties. He needs to be a platoon. They need to have a right-handed bat to go with him. And that looked like David Fry. And they continued to get Josh Naylor at bats against lefties. And finally, finally this year, he has started to hit lefties. He's above average against them. He is, is in the line of every day. He's proven that he should be after everybody said that he needed to be platooned. And, you know, now we're looking at the same thing with Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor is, or the opposite thing with Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor is not playing against lefties. He, you know, the Guardians at one time said they weren't going to come off unless they're going to play him every day. And I know catchers play like 70% timeshare now. That's not really my issue. I just, I'm having a hard time understanding how good it is for Bo Naylor to play one out of four games. Matchups are matchups. And... (laughs) I, I fail to see how he could have done a whole lot worse against Ryan Yarbrough tonight. And and you could have put David Fry in right field and Bo Naylor at catcher. Not that Will Brennan was a problem tonight, but you could have, or you could have put him at first base. You could have gotten somebody else tonight off uh, as against lefties in the minors, Bo Naylor, you know, wasn't great against them. He certainly, you know, could play. I don't know if he, I, I mean, he's going to walk against them. He's got a little bit of power. I just don't think what, what did he do this year? He okay in the major leagues, he's two for eight. I guess this year I have to get the minor league stats pulled up. But I I think it's okay to say you want to ease the guy in against left handers and try to limit his exposure early on. I don't know if Ryan Yarbrough is one of those guys. I'm I'm obviously the Guardians offense made Ryan Yarbrough look like a Cy Young winner twice in the last three weeks. Uh, there it is against lefties in the minors, 208, 360, 431. So again, like I said, walks and power. The average is low, but O'Neill is not a high average hitter anyway. It's a 790 OPS against lefties. And I know a major leagues isn't the same, or the AAA isn't the same as the major leagues for lefties. But at some point, the guy's got to play against lefties. You got to figure it out. They did it with Josh Naylor. So at some point, it has to happen with Bo. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe they are just easing him in. But uh, Bo Naylor didn't bat in the ninth inning. Like Miles Straw had two hits tonight, and, he, and his last at bat, he did hit a line drive to center field and just went right to the center fielder. The other two hits he had were were you know pokes. They were they were seeing I not honestly seeing I singles, but they were they were little pokes to the outfield. So he gets two hits in the game. So you leave him in in a key spot. <laughs> I I get that the guy had two hits, but who who's really coming through here in the ninth inning against Scott Barlow? Is it Miles Straw with two on? Or is it Bo Naylor? I, you know, I get you want to, maybe the guy had two hits before he puts one up the middle. And again, this is not, you know, on Miles Straw. He did his job tonight, but you've got to put your guys in, in position to succeed. Where where are you maximizing your your roster? Where are you maximizing on the fringes for a team that just needs that extra push over the line? And are you're in a you're in a race to try to save the season the way things have gone and it's starting to slip away. Now that you're four games back, the Twins are starting to pull ahead. Where Where is the maximization of the roster? I'm all for David Fry getting more playing time because he has earned it. Not at the expense of Bo Naylor, who needs more at-bats because he needs to get acclimated to the big leagues. And you need to find out if he's going to be able to hit lefties. And when you're four games out of, out of the division race now and you're not moving in a better direction because of the injuries you've got, it's time to start letting those things happen to see what's going to happen for next year. You are playing for 2024 the way things are going right now. You have chosen a lane. The team has played itself into the lane of looking towards next year. Miles Straw should not be hitting 
I don't care how many hits he has his first couple of bats, unless he's three for three of the ho- three home runs, which, you know, he hasn't had one home run in the last two years. You don't want to have him batting with the game on the line. Just no utilization of, of the full roster. It's a problem. All right. We got to get to the roster moves and some deadline little rumors that are popping up still to go on today's episode of lockdown guardians before we get more upset at this loss. Guardians and Royals will do it again on Tuesday night at 710. Uh, you can listen to the all the action on SiriusXM if you choose to subject yourself to that. It'll be Aaron Savali and Zach Grinke who pitched his one of his best games of the season last time against the Guardians as well. Unable to get the big hit. Search Guardians on your SiriusXM app. All right, before we get to the roster stuff, uh, let's talk about some, some rumors and some interesting notes at this point. So, uh, I read this earlier in the day on the athletic before the guardians game when they were still three out. So bear with me here, but the, some of the rumors going around today, we're talking about uh, Blake Snell and Seth Lugo is, is being available on the free on the trade market. And I know I saw um, Mark, Mark Feinstein from LB.com talking about the reds being, being interested and in taking offers on Jonathan India and Jonathan India I didn't realize this until I saw this is one of the worst defenders at second base this year. He doesn't have a defensive home. He's a slightly below average uh, bat offensively right now. It's like a 95 and he wasn't above average last year. He was above average his rookie year. We've talked about Jonathan India a little bit and how could the Reds and the guardians be a fit? Cause the Reds need a, need a, uh, a starter. No doubt. Uh, I have a feeling the Reds are going to go into the rental market. If Blake Snell and Seth Lugo are uh, on the market because the Padres are also joining the Guardians and the Rays and everybody else in this one toe in the water, one toe in the different pond deadline approach, um, the market's going to be interesting. You're going to have a lot of rentals in a weird year where there are certain teams that are competing that you didn't think would be like the Reds and you have teams that aren't competing like we thought, like the Padres and the Mets. So don't know how it's going to go. And you know what the Cubs are going to do with Marcus Stroman. You know, I thought, you know, maybe maybe there's an interesting option like Seth Lugo. If he is a free agent to be in the Guardians need innings, could he be a guy that they add? And with the way the pitching is going right now, they might have to add no matter what to their pitching staff from the from externally. I don't think it's going to be a big addition, but they may have to go out and find somebody to you know, eat up some innings the rest of the year. There's just not a lot of pitchers going in the market. Like I said, there's Seth Lugo and Blake Snell would not be a guardians target. I don't think even though he's like, he's a free agent to be seems like a guy that a team is going to want to pay a little more to get Seth Lugo could be an interesting target for them, but I don't know. They, they may have to go and, and deal for an arm just to soak up some innings the rest of the season, the way things are going versus really going out and finding a pitcher that's going to help you win ball games. And, and Chris Anthony even said that in his last, one of his last media availabilities, or was it Mike Turnoff saying that you're balancing trading for a pitcher who can, who can give you innings right now, which I should also mention Logan Allen did get through seven in this game. That was a, a good accomplishment for him. He only threw 84 pitches, so he didn't, he didn't necessarily, get bogged down. I mean, he gave two runs in the second inning, which were, were not helped by the error, of course. Um, but things kind of got away from him there in the second inning. And then the two run blast uh, in the seventh inning or the sixth inning, I should say 
Um, that was the home run off the bat of Salvador Perez. So he struck out Salvador Perez three times. Salvador Perez got him with one big one. Guess what? When you have a cleanup hitter like that, he only needs one at bat to to change the fate, to change the game. Um, you know, Josh Dean Jose Ramirez and Josh Bell are all capable of that. They just didn't do that. But Logan Allen, uh, more very improved. No walks. Uh, not that control is really an issue for him. Did scatter seven hits, got to the seventh inning. The Guardians really, really needed him to get to seven innings after last night, which we're going to talk about before we get out of here with the move for, for Daniel Norris coming up, who, by the way, also looked you know pretty solid for the most part. I, I don't know who the Guardians go after. Is it Rich Hill? Like <laughs> Any move they make, to me, is just a guy to help them get through the season and see what happens. Maybe, maybe the Twins stub their toe you know, the next, next six weeks or so and it, it still could. This division still could come down to whoever's playing well the last three weeks of the season. The Guardians have to play the Royal, or I'm sorry, have to play the the Royals, who you know seem to frustrate the Guardians a couple times a series. They've got to face the Giants, who are solid. They got to face the Rangers. They got to face the Royals, Baltimore, and then Cincinnati at the end of the year. Those are tough teams. They're all tough teams besides the Royals, except the Royals are you know apparently tough for the Guardians. Then the end of the year at Detroit. Detroit's Detroit, but. It, it could come down to who's playing the best in September. I don't have the twin schedule in September ahead of me, but their last meeting is uh, September 4th through the 6th. So it really, it could come down to that. The twins are going to have to, you know, trip over a blade of grass here soon. If the guardians want to catch them and the guardians are going to have to, you know, finally put two feet, one foot in front of the other versus one foot forward and the other foot up their own. You know what? Uh, in the meantime, but you know, maybe they're maybe they've picked a direction. Maybe this loss of the Royals with the twins starting to pull away a little bit, maybe this will seal their fate a little bit for 2023. Maybe the, the twins the twins are buying no matter what. They have to justify the Carlos Correa contract. They have to justify all the moves they've made over the last two years to to add Sonny Gray to um justify that terrible trade for Tyler Malley or in the in the in the with the Reds. Um, the Carlos Correa trunk contract, the Byron Buxton contract, they have to justify what they're doing. They have to go out and make some more trades that they may regret. I don't know. And they're, they have to push their chips in the middle at this point, even though they are not a complete team that really may not be a serious contender. The guardians, they do not have to do that. They can continue to play this, this one foot in both sides of things. They, maybe they can move. I don't know. It's going to be hard to move Savali. If they're talking about the fact they need to add a starter, we talked about this on yesterday's show a little bit that, you know, if they feel like they need to add a starting pitcher, does that mean they can afford to trade Savali? Probably not, but it's hard to say no when you get an offer you like. I don't know if anybody's going to give them that offer for Aaron Savali. I guess we'll see what their value on him is. Um, he seems like not necessarily an innings guy, but a guy that can – he's a two-time two-to-the-order two guy if he can stay healthy for the most part, and maybe that's the way you keep him healthy. Um, they may have to go out and get – a starter and they, they said they want a complimentary bat. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, this team, <clears throat> if they go in this direction, that may be the best thing for them. Four games out may be the best thing for them. Maybe it forces them to move Ahmed Rosario. Maybe they will get a decent offer for Aaron Savali. Maybe they will get an offer for a reliever. They're comfortable moving out of the bullpen. Maybe um, they will ditch playing Cam Gallagher and just let, straw or i'm sorry straw this is how messed up my brain is after this game they will let bo naylor and david fry be the two catchers the rest of the year maybe give lavastita a third shot or something i don't know 
maybe they will <clears throat> let let uh, yeah let one of the shortstops play shortstop for uh, for a change. Uh, maybe Miles Straw won't play every day, but they'll they'll find alternative ways to to add value. I don't think they will, but I'm I'm going to at least hope it. I guess so. Maybe they're finally moving in a direction to make a decision on this year versus you know being unsure. Teams usually do make the decision for them as the year uh, does go on. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think Jonathan India is an option. I don't think they're going to be in for the the Blake Snells of the world. Uh, the Pirates are listening on Mitch Keller and David Bednar. I don't think that's happening. I don't think they're trading either of them. I don't think the Guardians are going after any of them. The Orioles need a starter. The Marlins want a starter. A lot of teams want pitching. The Guardians may end up with a just a guy who who eats innings. Speaking of eating innings, so final segment of the day. Thank you for sticking around to listen to the show today. Uh, Guardians, if you didn't see it, put Shane Bieber on the 60-day IL. This should not make you want to run and scream and, you know, Go to your sharp objects. This is not unexpected. We talked about how the best case scenario for Shane Bieber was coming back in September at this point. He's going to be out for another three weeks, which also means he is going to need three weeks of recovery time or ramp up time to get back on the field. So he cannot come back till September 10th. That was a procedural move just to get Daniel Norris on the roster to give them some length. And he came in and did that through two solid innings. Uh, Hard to judge against the Royals, but then again, they did beat the Guardians. So what are we really saying here? But no shock to Beaver won the 60 IL. There was no chance of him coming back anytime soon. So um, the news hasn't changed on him. They know they knew exactly what they're expecting. So don't uh, don't go near any shop objects in general. And if you do, there's no reason to panic because you know this is what they expected all along. Same with Tristan McKenzie, who is going to go out and throw on Thursday. They said um, so. They're hoping that his elbow responds good there, and they'll go from there. Uh, it does appear Gavin Williams will make his start on Thursday, he had the blister issue. They kind of had a TBD listed for a minute there. Um, but it sounds like he is going to start on Wednesday. I should say Wednesday. He'll make his start Thursday is TBD. They do need a starter for Thursday. Your guess is really as good as mine. I mean, like I said, Cantillo and Gaddis went over the weekend and Battenfield on Sunday. So Battenfield is not an option on Thursday. So, Gaddis or Cantillo, Chris Valamont, depends on what they do with him. Could be another bullpen game. Um, you know, Norris being up, Michael Kelly. Uh, the Guardians did option down Tim Heron. And I apologize, too. If we have, I know we've talked about it multiple times, but I should always reiterate this when we talk about this. So Jeff and I talked about Tim Heron being set down uh, on Sunday. We thought he was going to be the guy to go to bring up a reliever to help the bullpen out. And... Uh, we said that he was getting close to his option limit. Some people still aren't, aren't sure about the option rules. So, you know, it, it is, you only burn one option a year. Teams get three option years on all their on rookie players on guys they call up and they have to be in the minors for, I think 15 days for the option to, to expire on the year. Um, but as of two years ago, as of 2022 with the lockout, the CBA changed it. So you couldn't exploit that. Um, you still get three option years, but you can only send a guy to the minors five times and back up five times subsequently before he is exposed to waivers. So Tim Heron has been optioned to AAA for the fourth time this season. So the next time they recall him, if they want to send him down, it's the last time they can do so um, without exposing the waivers. So they have one more time where they can recall Tim Heron and option him down. Um, you can do that five times in the year, and they can do it five times this year, and they can do it five times next year. And they could do it five times in 2025 with Tim Heron, and he still has all three options. Um, 
or has an option left at that point. But you only have you can do it five times per year with the new rule for the CPA. Um, so Heron was down for Daniel Norris plus the Shane Bieber move. How about I, this? Is I, I really shouldn't say this is bypassing James Karinchak for that spot because what they really wanted out of Daniel Norris was length. They didn't have anybody who can give them multiple innings out of between Valmont, Battenfield, Gaddis, and Cantillo. So Daniel Norris was their next best option. This was about bulk innings in case Logan Allen got knocked out early and they needed more than one inning. James Karinchak should not go more than one inning. So I wanted to say like, wow, they really passed James Karinchak to get Daniel Norris back on the roster in this situation. But they also know they needed some length and, and Norris gave it to him. And I don't know, he should be here for a couple more days. Cody Morris can't come back for a few more days. Maybe he's an option again. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, that, that was the extent of the roster moves. And yeah, Beaver and McKenzie, not back till September at the best. That was always the case. Cal Quantrill is going to throw a bullpen too. No real uh, up, firm update on what's going to happen with him. So the Guardians will need a starter on Thursday. Your, your guess, or went Thursday against the White Sox. Your guess is as good as mine. Gavin Williams and Zach, I'm sorry, Aaron Savali and Zach Greinke on Tuesday night. They'll do it again. want to thank you all for listening rating, reviewing, downloading, all that stuff is good. Thank you to all the commenters. Even if you give us uh, a comment to challenge us, we still respond and let you know what we think and, and try to give you the uh, the honest truth, what we're thinking, what the team is thinking. That's what we strive to do every day. This, this show, as you know, is really uh, try to keep you up to date on the team and give you as best analysis uh, as we can, as honest as we can, without discriminating anybody. Um so thank you for taking the time to listen, tell a friend, share on the X app or threads. If you're still doing stuff over there, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but yeah, please share and, and with a friend and, and leave a review. I don't think we've had an iTunes review um, in forever either. And uh, stick with us and see where the guardians go over the next couple of days. And, and the show Jeff's favorite way, go, go guardians, go.